When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones. Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now, to Dave Hooker. Ready. All right, we are loaded up. Good news for the Vols as they retain one of their key players. You can read about that on offthehooksports.com. Also, still working on a list of uh, visitors as it's very fluid, even more so in the years when I covered recruiting, because if you think about it, you have to make plans for a high school prospect who probably doesn't have an expense account and a credit card to pay for his flight and his trip in. So you have to take care of that. But with these transfer portal guys that we're including in recruiting on off the Oak sports, so it's kind of all one big thing as, as we look at it. Um, I mean, they can just show up. And if they've been getting any NIL money from their previous school, they could theoretically book their own flight. So it's a very fluid list. Poor Caleb Giroux has been absolutely busting it to put together a list. Uh, we, we think it's going to be Devin Marshall, Cole Harrison, uh, Murad Watson, Jordan Dingle. We'll talk about that and what type of impact they could have. Tennessee will pick up one or two commitments, and I'm going to give you uh, an idea of who those guys might be later in the program. Also, uh, Boo Carter on a Friday morning 
doing a signing ceremony. You don't really sign anything anymore. You show up on campus, and he will do so on Saturday. So despite some of the grandstanding by some other media outlets, if you want to call them that, that is going to happen. Boo Carter is going to be a ball, and I've got some insight into him as he's now trying to get Jordan Seaton back into the mix despite Seaton's commitment to Colorado. So uh, Boo Carter in the news. And also the SEC and national media, do they have an incentive to favor Tennessee in the near future? That was Caleb's take and to some extent my take yesterday that Tennessee had an easy schedule. But I think we flew in the face of popular opinion and public opinion. So we'll get into that. And also a couple of 30-30s that are are out centered around some Tennessee legends, uh, the Heisman race of 1997, which Peyton Manning should have won that race, and Reggie White. So we'll offer some insight into those guys and where they rank among the all-time greats. Pretty darn high. Bowl season would have started this – I'm sorry, bowl season starts Saturday, but – this would have been the weekend the college football playoff would have started. Is is that right, Caleb? How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, Dave? And yes, it would have been if the college football playoff expanded to 12 teams. This would be the weekend that the 12 team playoff would first take place. So this you're still going to tell me that 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 you don't want the 12 team playoff, even though what bowl are we going to see? The um, rose petal magnolia bowl. What what would he see in this weekend? Hey, you know what? I am very, very excited for bowl season. It starts at 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow with Georgia Southern and Ohio in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. How can you not get excited about that, bro? Come on. I love bowl games like the this. The Myrtle Beach, bro. For the record, uh, if you're bowl. a gambler like me, you love these bowls. Well, they should call it the Myrtle Beach, bro. Because if you've been to Myrtle Beach, that's essentially what Myrtle Beach is all about. So do you... uh Last time I went to Myrtle Beach at round about that age, these uh, uh, football players uh, were there. I remember I was introduced to Mad Dog 2020. Are you familiar with that drink? I'm not familiar with that drink, actually. Yeah, that's the cheap stuff that's like behind the liquor store that is disgusting and sweet. Anybody out there on the message board drink Mad Dog? Anybody? Because the last time I was at Myrtle Beach, that was um, that was, I guess, senior trip. And my I was bachelor party to- was in Myrtle Beach. That's sad, Caleb. It was epic. <laughs> it was we camped out at an RV at an R show at a car show. There was a car show that weekend, and we camped out at an RV park where all these other people were parked for the car show, and we're just there for a bachelor party. And I'm just getting hammered the whole weekend. <laughs> Okay, well, we have we've definitely stepped up our game because no Mad Dog 2020 here. Portions of the program brought to you by Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Smoky Mountains. Use the promo code HAT to receive some free swag on your cider order available most anywhere in the United States. TNCiderCompany.com. TNCiderCompany.com. So what about that Omari Thomas cat announcing that he's going to be back how big is that we shall discuss it is today's tough question brought to you by andy mason andy mason real estate.com today's tough question take a side take a stand the dave hooker show a presentation of off the hook sports.com let me turn it to you caleb 
you wrote the column yesterday. Uh, uh, Omari Thomas is a big pickup, not just in stature, but as uh, an impact. I want to share my thoughts on that. But first, you tell me, why is this so big for Tennessee? Omari, I'm thinking would have been around, based on people I'm talking to, probably a third, fourth round pick. Um Maybe a little bit later, you, you never know until you hit the combine and all that stuff. But for Tennessee, he's a proven solid player that is very good. Why is this a big pickup for the Vols? This is a huge pickup for Tennessee in a few ways. He's a proven solid player. He's a leader. He's one of the leaders of the team, along with Keenan Peely, who is also back, by the way. And he's a very unselfish player. Now, it's funny. Dave, if you had asked me. And this is going to be the craziest thing you may think I say, but well, that is Walter. That would be something because you've been out there. You've got Nico winning the Heisman. Um, you, you've said a couple of th- uh, crazy things lately, but but I believe in you. So, is Walter Nolan a better talent than Amari Thomas? Yes, but if you ask me, if I'm a Tennessee fan, do I want Walter Nolan to commit or Amari Thomas to return? I'd rather Amari Thomas return, just for his leadership and chemistry. And I think he's just that type of guy. I interviewed him in SEC Media Days. Again, it's not every day you bring a defensive tackle to represent your defense at SEC Media Days, right, Dave? That's not common. And he really did step into that leadership role. He loves playing for Tennessee. He's the type of guy, you know, you hate to sound sappy, but it's because he likes playing for Tennessee, if the best he can do on a day is maybe an 80 out of 100, he'll give you an 85 in Madden ratings. Does that make sense? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, it, it makes sense. And 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 let's factor this into uh, in as well. Amari Thomas is an in-state kid, and I know Walter Nolan kind of is, but he had moved around a lot. No, I agree. I would take Amari Thomas over Walter Nolan. It's interesting you bring him up. I, I think Thomas is more of a for-sure thing, whereas – Walter Nolan, you don't really know. And you would have, let's talk finances for a second, which we never thought we'd do. If you have to pay a Walter Nolan, does it make it more difficult to keep uh, a guy that you, you know, like Omari? Because I'm sure Omari got some cash out of the deal. I mean, it's, it's NIL and or Cooper Mace. I mean, could you have gotten financially those three guys or is Nolan the odd man out? I don't know, but I would I would think Omari, you would have, and Cooper for that matter, you've got a little more leverage saying stay in town, you're an in-state kid, so you probably get them a little cheaper than you'd have to go out and outbid, which I don't just, I, we saw this with Dante Thornton. I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but Dante Thornton was clearly an outbid thing. He went to th- three different schools, got a number, went to the school that that had the highest number. Intrinsically, I think there's a problem philosophically with that, right? So you've got a guy in Omari Hand that wants to stay, I believe, for more than just cash. Amari Thomas, not Amari Hand. Your, your age is showing, Dave. That's 2002. I knew I would do that. I knew I would do that. <laughs> Amari Thomas, um, Thomas, Thomas. No, you're right. You have a guy who – and I wonder if that's what Josh Heifel's told his boosters, by the way, to say, hey, cobble up money to keep – because I said there's four guys you need to keep. Two of them are already back, Amari Thomas and Keenan Peely. The other two, Cooper Mays and Javante Spragans. I wonder if Josh Heifel was like, you know what? You could probably keep all four of those guys for the same amount of NIL money that Walter Nolan's going to ask for on the open market. Well, that's not even a question at that point, right, Dave? You take the money. You you use the money to get the other four guys. 
back. They True. easily, two of them outweigh Walter Nolan. You can get all four of them. And you know, my brother actually texted me this recently and I forgot about it. And it kind of made me sour on Walter Nolan a little bit. I forgot about the Tennessee game. Remember when he kind of just wanted to leave the field because he got dinged up and he wasn't really that hurt. And there is just seems to be a toughness issue with him. If I'm going to be honest. And I, I, I don't know if, you know, it, with defensive line, I, I get it. You want to get to the NFL, but you wonder because of that, is he going overboard to protect his body and not go all out to make sure he's safe for the NFL? And there you go. Hit the like and subscribe question. button. Well, I mean, he may be. Um, and and I've, I've seen kids like that before. We're going to talk about a guy uh, that was affected in a positive manner later in Reggie White. And he didn't have a good junior year. He had a great senior year. It may be the flip with Walter Nolan. He may be trying to s- skate through uh, college. I, I I don't know the kid. I don't know that. I just know that at the end of the day, w- what you get with Omari Thomas is you get what Kirby Smart said that he had to have when he got to Georgia. And that was the big dudes, big athletic dudes up front. He just came out and said it. He might as well have said Mark Rick can't recruit defensive linemen because he just came out and said, you got to have the big athletic guys up front. So let's look at Tennessee's defensive line now. Let's assume that James Pierce is fine with the legal issue that he's facing, which we believe to be very minor or at least somewhat minor. What does Tennessee's defensive line look like next year? If assuming Omar Norman Lott comes back and people keep asking that guys, I don't see any reason Omar Norman Lott would leave what leverage. I mean, no disrespect, but I don't think he has that type of leverage and I like Omar Norman Lott, but I don't think he has the type of leverage to go to the NFL or or NIL. Um, Omari Thomas and Omar Norman lot in the middle. At some point, you got to think Tyree West is going to emerge, right? He was so highly touted on the recruiting trail. Uh, Dave, do you know why he hasn't broken out yet? Is it just, is he just buried because of all the talent ahead of him or? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and I, I will say this, you start getting into depth. I'm not going to pretend to tell you that Tennessee is where Georgia or Alabama is, but as far as the frontline guys and the guys that are going to be there in uh, the uh, clutch time in the fourth quarter, it's a pretty good group. If, yeah. if Tyler Barron comes back. And See, I'm I was going to break go- with you on that. I don't think it's a big deal if he comes back. If, if he's at the front line, because you got James Pierce and Joshua Josephs. Uh, you wouldn't turn him down though for depth, right? Especially no, with you the don't offensive turn him, You don't turn him down, but you're not, totally lost or in trouble if he doesn't come back and Shandavian Bradley by the way don't forget about him wasn't and they and and uh Dylan just posted on the message board David Hobbs remember Tennessee's recruited well at edge rusher a lot of guys just didn't see the field this year because of how deep they were yep absolutely right uh Fred filling uh had some people ask him the message board Fred filling a little bit under the weather today so we'll reconnect with him uh later on go ahead and click that like and subscribe button we greatly appreciate that I like Tyler Barron maybe a little bit more than than you do, but I do agree with Smoky Mountain Red on our message board. Tyler is uh, torching bridges in Knoxville. I think that's something that needs to be said to all these guys, and they're not going to listen. You know, I'm I'm an old guy. To them, you're an old guy, Caleb. But um, to be a local guy and to play at Tennessee – 
whatever happens with the NFL, you're going to be taken care of as long as you keep your nose clean and play hard. I would tell Tyler Barron that. It's a community that has supported incoming guys via NIL, but I can't tell you the amount of players that played for Tennessee and kept their nose clean and played hard and came out with a job offer of six digits. Easy. Easy. Whether it's pharmaceutical sales or whatever it is. I know every single player thinks they're going to play football for the rest of their life and they're going to get a gold jacket and they're going to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. But, Caleb, that's not the case. And I would encourage Tyler Barron to, to think about that. But I think I think Barron would be a significant uh, retainment. I mean, you wouldn't say pickup because he's technically on the roster. I, However, it does rub me the wrong way a little bit that he seems to be trying to hold Tennessee for – uh, hostage a little bit and check his uh, uh, worth in the transfer portal. I mean, this is his second time in the portal, right? Yeah, and his first time was 2021. Now, there's a little bit, you know, his father, Patrick Abernathy, worked on the support staff for Tennessee the first time he was in the portal. He, I don't believe he works at Tennessee anymore. So I don't know if there's something going on there from a personal level, but you're right. It's funny, Tyler Barron is from, is from the Knoxville area. Amari Thomas is from Memphis, which, as you and I know, is a totally different – it's a different country almost from Knoxville If you, if you, for anybody national who's been to the two cities. And it it seems like Amari Thomas is more in love with being at Tennessee. And Yeah, but, I, but you were you, – you're a Memphian for those that don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, there was always that Tennessee in you. And then when you went to UT, I imagine you – you're pretty much 100% converted Tennessee guy. I mean, once once you make that move as a high school prospect, I consider you an in-state guy. When you're being recruited out of Memphis, I barely consider that in-state. Well, and also you got to remember where Tennessee, what Tennessee does, and Philip Fulmer was the best at this, and Pruitt focused on this too. What they do is they build pipelines to certain Memphis schools because they knew where the talent. So when you were covering Tennessee, it was Melrose. That's where Madre Dickerson and Andre Locke came out of, and Cedric Wilson. All those kids came out of Melrose. Actually, one of them may have come out of East, but most it was Melrose was the pipeline. Now the private schools, Briarcrest, and I believe it would be MUS, and a couple others, maybe Lausanne, they get a lot of the elite talent, and there is a there is a um, there's a pipeline that goes with that. So Amari Thomas went to Briarcrest, and I you're right. The, the pipeline is so strong. They're being recruited by sophomore as sophomores, and they're already in love with Tennessee. And the minute they come, and you're right, Amari Thomas is, even though he's he's from Memphis, so far away, he is he gives off the vibe of an in-state guy that loves being at Tennessee. And part of it is, again, I think he just, as a defensive tackle, he understands the nature of playing defensive tackle, which more than any other position, that's like the that an offensive line that is like where you're going to war with your brothers, right? That's like the old school football. You're going to war with your brothers and you're the, the blood sweat and you're pouring it out for them. I think Amari Thomas feels that playing on up on the line. That's fair. Uh, Andy Mason, realestate.com brings you today's tough question. Uh, real estate experts with over four decades of experience, Andy Mason, realestate.com and best prices, best service in the biz. It is that clear. So today's tough question how big is Omari and Thomas? Uh, Thomas's um, return to Tennessee, I think it's monstrous. I think Tennessee is a Cooper Mays away from, and don't be surprised if that happens in the next couple of days. I think they're a Cooper Mays return away from this being a win 
in in terms of the guys they lose with or without Tyler Barron. I, unlike you, would call it a big win if Barron came back because I've heard nothing uh, about him that maybe his unease about being at Tennessee and checking in the transfer portal has affected his play. If I'd heard that, uh, I, I would certainly tell you. Now, the, the question I would like for you to take part on is our poll question today. How do you feel about the Vols' incoming class and returnees? So if you're on the YouTube page, when you vote, keep in mind, this is the returnees. This is the transfers, which Tennessee doesn't have any yet. But And this is also the high school prospects. So right now, how do you feel about the Vols' incoming class and returnees? You can vote on the YouTube I got uh, 50% great, let's rock. 45% would be, it's okay, could be better. And 5% said worried, really worried. Where would you put yourself in those three options? I would be okay, it could be better. I think you're being a little bit overly optimistic if you're like, it's great. It's not a it's not a great class. They turn into a great class. But I would say, okay, could be better at this point. Man, with the people returning, though, I'm almost leaning great. Let's let's rock. But it's kind of reserved judgment because let's see what Cooper Mays and Javante Spragans do. Dave, if those two come back, mm. I'm a great let's rock. That outweighs the I, – I, look, I cover recruiting a lot. You've covered it religiously. I'm not saying recruiting is not important. But returning guys that have been there for a long time with fifth and sixth years of eligibility – that's going to outweigh it with what Tennessee has coming next year uh, with Nico starting at quarterback. So if, if Cooper and Javante Spragans come back, that outweighs needing a top 10 recruiting class, doesn't it? Yeah, but I'm thinking long-term too. You know, I'm thinking 2025 and 2026. I know you talk about yeah, loading but, up for 2024, but. Mm, lightning, but, lightning. Do you believe in the lightning in the bottle theory? You know, I mean, 2024 could be lightning in a bottle for Tennessee and that will, and then the chips fall where they will in 2025 and 2026. Yeah, fair enough. Show Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Presented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys play to win. Banksandjones.com. And we want to get to uh, four downs as we talk some Tennessee visitors that will be in town this weekend. We encourage you to do what, Jacob Warren? What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. Even Cooper agrees. Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. <laughs> you know, and when they have an actual media day and I go around with a piece of paper and have a lot of uh, Tennessee players read those off, uh, I, I can't imagine Tennessee Sports Information Department is going to be happy about that. <laughs> I didn't tell you the story about Ron Slay when I was going to do a bit called um, uh, What's That Movie? And I printed off the script from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And Ron Slay and I uh, did uh, a scene from that. And uh, Bud Ford, Tennessee Sports Information Director, did not think that was appropriate. We did not air that. But he, he was... He didn't think that was appropriate? Yes. 
Uh, Ron was actually who was on the program with us yesterday. Ron was uh, what, what was the what was the stoner guy's name? And I was Mr. Hand. Do you you remember that movie, right? I don't. No, honestly, Gosh. I don't. And I know. Don't judge I me. I know I need to see it. I know I need to I see it. I feel so old. It's actually an overrated movie. Four Downs now brought to you by Dynasty Spas, Tennessee, with some visitors this weekend. And Boo Carter is going to enroll. But let's get to Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs presented by Off the Hook Sports. Okay, now I want to be really clear that this is a fluid, pun intended, with Dynasty Pools and Spas list. Because, like I mentioned earlier, guys could show up and you, you don't even know it until they practically walk on campus or text the coach and say, hey, I'm uh, I'm somewhere in Powell and I'm lost. Which down, Cooper? Cooper here. First down. All right. Villanova defensive back Devin Marshall will be one that's scheduled to be in a town. Tennessee obviously could uh, use – uh, defensive backs, as we've seen what Tennessee has fielded the past couple of years. But what are your thoughts on uh, Devin Marshall? So he's going to be on three college campuses over the next few days. Um, he's got a lot of upside. They thought he had a lot of potential after the 2022 season. There was fear that he would transfer after the 2022 season, believe it or not. And when he had, I believe, 13 pass deflections, and he actually blocked a field goal too. Or was it It was either a field goal or a punt. He blocked a kick. How about that? Uh, so he's very, very, very athletic. About six feet tall. I, I don't know if um, that that's the only thing that kind of makes me pause, Dave, is I think nowadays I feel like a cornerback needs to be about six one or six two, don't you? Yeah, and I'm pausing because he's a Villanova. I'll just be real honest with you. I mean, when I see that, <laughs> I know guys can I know guys can slip to that level, but I see Villanova and I'm like, okay. Uh, what down, Coop? Cooper Mays here. Second down. All right, tight end uh, Cole Harrison, and this is going to mix in with another down because uh, Cole Harrison will visit this weekend as um, out of California, and I think he's he's an option, but I think he's an option because Tennessee hasn't swung and missed on a, a tight end that I'm about to mention, but they are definitely fouling them off if I may say. They're at bat with a lot of guys, but they have got to address the tight end position. So uh, a scholarship offer from Tennessee could could land in Cole Harrison's lap uh, pretty quickly. Yes, and he is a, I believe, three-star across the board uh, out of California for the 2024 recruiting class. He's about 6'6", but Dave, he's, I think he's listed as like 220 right now. So he's got he's to put on weight like yesterday if he's going to become a tight end at I mean, the sec it, it, i just i have trouble believing he would be a factor next year if they like him long term that's fine but i don't think anybody's going to have a parade if he commits um because he's looking at like san jose state unlv san diego state i get the feeling that this is uh one they like for the future but i don't think he's going to do anything particularly big for for tennessee next year all right what down coop tennessee center cooper mays here Third down. All right. So that leads us. I'm just going to throw two tight ends together. 
uh, let's call it Holden stays uh, from Notre Dame. Um, he wrapped up his uh, visit on Thursday. Um, it's it's big for Tennessee, and I know that on three is reported it's either Georgia or Tennessee. Um, I think this is uh, huge for the Vols, and that would lead us to Jordan Dingle, who will visit this weekend, and he's very interested in the Vols. I think Tennessee would take both stays and Dingle. You? Yeah, I think they would, too. Uh, they look at this moment they only have one tight end right now for next year right and ethan davis and we again we believe he's going to be successful but he's not proven but so i i think they would too because they do like to have they do like to rotate tight ends with a third option if necessary i mean that's very clear what they want to be able to do and so i think that I think they would absolutely take Holden Stays and Jordan Dingle. Again, though, I just think there's a red flag with Holden Stays. You know how I feel, and you do too, Dave. We both feel the same way about players that didn't that are that didn't really perform that well at the school they were at and then are transferring. It's yeah. it, that's a big red flag always. If you got any questions about any of the prospects that we're discussing or any others outside of that, go ahead and post it on the message board and we'll address those. Four Downs brought to you by, before we get to the fourth, Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Their showroom is open in Athens. Get down there. Tell them Off the Hook Sports sent you. Support our sponsors. That's why we're here. Best hot tubs and spas on the market, and they can deliver. So check them out in Athens. Have it delivered up to you in Knoxville. That's pretty awesome. Uh, amazing discounts for first responders, military, and even some blemish models that can save you a ton, and no one will ever notice. A Dynasty Pools and Spas. Go to DynastySpas.com or stop by there. Uh, incredible showroom in Athens. Dynasty Pools and Spas brings you four downs. Fourth down, Coop? All SEC Center, Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. I don't know about you, but I'm getting more comfortable being in a hot tub with Cooper. You? <laughs> yeah, Kent State I mean, defensive line uh, commitment, uh, Marad Watson. Uh, so he's going to be in town. He's from New Jersey uh, for an official visit this weekend. Uh, it seems like uh, the SEC is is the lure. Otherwise, he stays in the Northeast. Um, this is a guy you would expect to come in and 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 have an impact pretty quickly right well no i mean he is part of the 2024 class so he'd be a freshman and he's a kent state commit so i i i feel like they're seeing him as a project they're trying to flip him from kent state and if it's down to tennessee and syracuse so he's from irvington new jersey you're higher on new jersey football than i am uh, as far as the level of talent Never. goes, I'm not high on New Jersey football. I'm I'm high on Don Bosco. Uh, now, well, as- the, well, the Irving the Irvington area for those who don't know that is that's there are two cities in New Jersey. We joke New York City and Philadelphia. That's on the New York City side of Jersey. So I believe the football is a little bit better outside of New York City than it is outside of Philly in Jersey. But one of the red flags to me, Dave, is it's the Syracuse is in play because he's looking at staying close to home. But if he was looking at staying close to home, why wouldn't he look at Rutgers? Because as crazy as it sounds, Rutgers is a better school to go to right now than Syracuse because they're in the Big Ten. So the fact is Rutgers not interested in him. By the way, Greg Schiano got an extension through 2030. Just wanted to point that out. And Syracuse is undergoing a coaching change. Wouldn't Rutgers, by every 
metric right now be a better place to commit to than Syracuse? So why is it down to Tennessee and Syracuse and not Tennessee and Rutgers? Mm. Is the question. That's hot. Because Rutgers is closer and it's a better program to commit to right now. I'm getting a, I'm getting a vibe that he wasn't offered by Rutgers. So either Josh Heupel and Rodney Garner are just scouting this guy and nobody else knows he's good, or he's not that good. No. Uh, and I think I misspoke earlier, wouldn't expect to have an impact next year. I mean, you wouldn't think so, but he is 6'3", 285 uh, pounds. So this I love. And we got some messages uh, uh, yesterday about, oh, man, it's got a lot of Colorado. Well, what if it means uh, Colorado uh, could be bested by the Vols in the Jordan Seton recruitment after all? Well, maybe that's the case because your guy Boo is working it and I'm not counting it out quite yet. Hit like and subscribe in two minutes. I'll tell you what's going on with Seton's commitment because maybe, just maybe, it's not over for the five-star offensive lineman. Two minutes off those boards. That sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co., what's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, BanksJones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. All right, let's. I want to go to the message board for a second before I get to uh, the the Jordan uh, Seaton issue, which I'm not 100 percent he ends up in Colorado. Okay, um, so a couple things on the message board, real quick. Uh, Rocky Top Tom says, "I guarantee y'all Boo is leaving, hundred percent." 
I will tell you this, and I will. You're a frequent uh, listener to the program, so I will be sure and provide you with my email, and I will buy you dinner at a restaurant of your choice if Boo Carter ends up anywhere but Tennessee. I feel that confidently about it. Uh, Feed the Faith Outdoors said, "Hey Dave, how come no one is talking about D Williams? He was a great contributor on special teams." I, Will we see him in the same role, or does he need to get involved? Well, Jimmy Himes has said he needs to get more involved on offense. I completely agree with that. Um, I agree, but isn't he that. out of eligibility? Yeah, he was I a mean, I, college transfer. So, yeah, I, 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 I thought that as well that uh, he should have. Um, and then uh, Seton ain't going nowhere. Uh, y'all already offered him the bag seven figures and he turned Tennessee down. I think that might be from a Colorado fan. Well, I've covered recruiting long enough to know that things can change very, very quickly. And there seems to be a push from one Boo Carter, who Rocky Top Tom thinks is going to end up somewhere else, but he's not, um, is pushing for Jordan Seaton. On Instagram, along with a current Tennessee player. So I thought his recruitment was over. Caleb, what the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. What the H? Today brought to you by Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards center. You only receive the best. In CBD or Delta products, go to Hemp House Chat with two T's, Hemp House Chat with two T's.com, and use the promo code HOOKED, and you will get 10% off your order. So tell me about this Twitter. Do we want to pull that up, or do we want to... Well, it was, uh, a, it was an Instagram Live story. It was an Instagram Live, so I don't believe it. those if it's Instagram story, it went away after 24 hours. Uh, so I can try to pull it up, but I no, believe it went away. After no, just just hours. paraphrase it and tell us what he said. Boo Carter was on an Instagram reel with Jordan Seaton the other day. No, not Jordan Seaton, excuse me. John Campbell Jr. the other day. Uh, involving Jordan Seaton, they were both trying to flip Jordan Seaton from Colorado to Tennessee. This confirms two things. This, this confirms one thing. One Guys, thing. Boo Carter... Yeah, this confirms one thing. Boo Carter's not going anywhere. He's been one. He was trying to recruit Jordan Seaton to Tennessee from the start. He sent him a message of support when he committed to Colorado. That does not mean he himself was committing to Colorado. Player support, players going elsewhere all the time. He wants Seaton at Tennessee. That story that leaked that he was that Seaton was offered a bag to go to Tennessee didn't come out of nowhere a few days ago, right? They that that came from everybody says sources, but that didn't come out of thin air. That, that right. came from somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I would think it came from Colorado. Possibly. I, I mean, that, don't, I mean, don't you? If you're Colorado, you, you you can pile on and you can say that Tennessee got beat even with a bag of cash in their hands, and despite the fact that they have more support, this guy still wants to come to Colorado. This could be more hurtful for Colorado if he were to flip than it could be helpful for Tennessee. And uh, picking him up. I find it very interesting that John Campbell Jr. is uh, on board as well, because that would theoretically be a guy that he would be playing not alongside, but in the same unit with. 
And I think a lot of this comes down. This is why, and I'm not saying this because Cooper Mays is a, a part of the team here. I'm I, I'm telling you this because I think Cooper Mays has bred into that offensive line group with the uh, put your arm around the next guy and bring him up. And I don't think it started necessarily with Cooper, but I think Cooper has taken it to another level. And I think it started with uh, Trey Smith. I think Trey took Cooper under his wing. I think Cooper has taken several players like uh, Jeremiah Crawford under his wing. Um, I think he is, he's the He's the guy you want to hire if you're looking for uh, uh, any type of employee, much less an offensive lineman, which he has the skills to do it. So the fact that John Campbell gets on board, let's talk about that for a second. Um, yeah, Boo Carter is going to end up at Tennessee. Uh, I don't know if he can flip Jordan Seaton, but John Campbell, I think, is Im- impactful because John Campbell – has made the transition and it's, it's certainly worked out for him. It has, it has. And now let me address this real quick because people think, because we criticize a lot of people getting excited about Boo Carter flipping to Colorado to cover Colorado media last week. We're covering Tennessee and talking about Jordan Seaton flipping this week. I don't think Jordan Seaton's flipping guys. I'll be honest with you up front. However, however, this is to all of you Colorado people who said Boo Carter was flipping. If one of them is going to flip, it's much more likely Jordan Seaton flips to Tennessee than it is Boo Carter flips to Colorado. That I would is agree with that assessment fact. all around. I would agree with that yeah. assessment all around. Yeah, exactly. I don't think either's flipping. They're both committed to where they are. There's no for me, Jordan Seaton going on. You know how humiliating it would be for Deion Sanders if Jordan Seaton went on undisputed, committed to Colorado, and then a week later flipped to Tennessee. <laughs> that would be the most humiliating flip in recruiting ever. It's not, it's probably not happening. But this is just to say the tables have turned a little bit because, again, Boo Carter was never going to Colorado. And you're right, John Campbell Jr., there is a there is more of a connection on the Tennessee offensive line. I think they are very, very, very close, Dave, what you brought up with Cooper Mays. They are jo- – Cooper Mays is a great leader of that unit, and I think there's a level of chemistry on the offensive line, which, as you know, and as I know – Chemistry on offensive line is more important than raw talent on the offensive line all day, every day. That's why Wisconsin and Iowa consistently push, produce the best offensive linemen in the NFL because they're guys that have coached to play with each other for years. Agreed. Now, I want to say something uh, uh, about Boo Carter for a second, and it's a column that's going to be on offthehooksports.com that um, I didn't get finished with, frankly, before the show. It's almost as big as another guy um, named... Okay, here's why. Boo Carter's an in-state guy. Boo Carter decided to go elsewhere, then that would be a red flag if I'm a prospect in Georgia or wherever considering Tennessee. That's a monstrous red flag, especially for a defensive player. Now, obviously, Nico plays quarterback, and I'm not going to argue that his commitment and booze are the same. But I will argue they're closer than you think in recruiting circles because guys talk. And picking up a Boo Carter is is in the same ballpark as a Nico. I'm not saying it's the same, Caleb, 
but it's in the same ballpark as picking him up last year because you cannot lose a guy that close to your campus that you've invested that much time in. And they've not only done a good job of recruiting Boo Carter, they have done a fantastic job of recruiting Boo Carter. They, uh, they saw him early. They stayed on top of him. I believe there's a good chance Tennessee said, why don't you go to Colorado? And we talked to Stephen Hargis of the Chattanooga Times Free Press, and that he was actually there recruiting for Tennessee, in case you didn't catch that part of the program, uh, I believe it was last week. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that it is as impact, not as, but it's in the same ballpark of being as impactful as Nico. Call me crazy, Caleb. You're not crazy at all. You are absolutely right. Abu Carter is huge because he is going to recruit for Tennessee. And I know you're going to bring this. You wanted to bring this up. So let's talk about it. It was a giant L for Tennessee when Derek Dooley didn't recruit Von Bell. And also, wasn't that around the same time that he wasn't that the same class where he lost out on Jalen Ramsey? Was that the exact same class? Yeah, I think it was. I think now that you mentioned it, it was. So he doesn't recruit Von Bell. And he loses out on Jalen Ramsey. And that was a disaster. There was no recovering from that for Derek Dooley. So Chattanooga is an underrated place for talent, guys. We're going to talk about Reggie White in the next segment. Chattanooga, when they do produce talent, the talent always lives up to the hype and the billing. Always. And it's the it's the anti-Nashville. So it Chattanooga has produced a lot of good talent. And I think that... That's why I think that four-star behind Boo Carter's rating is legitimate. And just to address some questions, yes, guys, 5'10 guys can play safety in college football and the NFL if they're hard hitters and if they if they have athleticism. They can't play cornerback, but they can play safety. And Boo Carter is going to be a huge boost because Chattanooga has a few guys coming out over the next couple of years too, Dave, um, attractive recruiting. And so I'm with you. Boo Carter's a big flip. And my favorite part of this, I've, I'm going to put this out here, Dave, and I want to know if you feel the same way. Not watching people who cover Colorado, but watching Colorado fans talk about how recruiting is going. You can very much tell that these are newbies to college football and are not experienced with how recruiting works, right? <laughs> not fair. I want to ask the message board. Why, why did we, why have we gotten so wrapped up in, in Boo? Uh, and Caleb, let me ask you, because Boo seems to have been the, the, the hot button prospect of this class. And why is it? Because he's in state because he changed high schools at one point. And I was told and I'm going to be straight up and honest with you. I talked to a source uh, with, with great knowledge of boo that did say that he's been told he has every opportunity to be the starting strong safety at Tennessee next year, that he will get that opportunity and there's a good chance that that that's his job. Now, that, I know that's recruiting speak, okay? But that's that's where he's slated to play, and that's that's how serious they are. You don't throw that stuff around, especially in the day and age of transfer portal, that you'll have an opportunity to play early if that's not really the case. That really is the case. We've seen Tennessee's secondary. I've also been told that let's see how he takes to college coaching. That there's been times where he's been able to push the limits on on some stuff and had have a little bit of an attitude, and that he needs to adapt to that. Whether or not he does, I can't tell you. I've heard that about 
probably 30 to 40% of the prospects that I've covered. And about half of them adapt to college coaching and do great. About half don't with the transfer portal now, and you can exit easy. That kind of scares me for any prospect that I hear that about. But why has Boo Carter been the hot button prospect in this group? I think because he's the most highly rated player from the state of Tennessee that committed to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee lost out on some in-state talent this this year, if we're going to be honest. They lost out on um, Andre Evans, who's going to Georgia. Elijah Groves, the linebacker, is going to NC State. And obviously, they lost out on, I believe, Boo Carter's teammate, right? And Amari Jefferson to Alabama. And now, I will say, again, there are some questions about the level of competition for Evans and Groves, not so much about Jefferson and Boo Carter. So I think it's just because he's the most highly touted player in the class. It's very similar to last year. Remember, Arian Carter was the big, big get for Tennessee last year. And I think part of this is, I think part of the the widening of the eyes is, the, the reason Arian Carter was so big, is it wasn't just how good he was, because I don't even know if he was the, I think Caleb Herring was more highly rated than Arian Carter. It's because Nick Saban wanted Arian Carter badly. Remember that? He wanted yep. him badly. Yep. And Carter committed to Tennessee. And now, is this the class ultimately that will be defined by Coop and Brew? Cooper Mays comes back. Boo Carter comes back. Is that the narrative of this of this all cycle? Season, you mean? Of this offseason? Yeah, offseason. However, I don't know how we even refer to it anymore when we're talking about transfers and high school players and guys that could return, but is it defined by that? Because I'll go ahead and tell you right now, I don't think Omari Thomas is coming back and unless he's got a pretty good idea that uh, Cooper's coming back, right? I think. Well, I mean, yeah, because you're a defensive tackle. So if you're a projected third-round pick as a defensive tackle, usually you go with that, right? It's too risky. Yeah, and I know they're really, really good friends. Yeah, I could. So, that, that actually makes sense. Um it's I, I always have high regard for defensive tackles who come back. It, it's because of how short I, I remember to me, you're not one of my favorite Tennessee players of all time was John Henderson because he left millions behind to come back to Tennessee for another year when he didn't have to because he would have been a top 10 draft pick. So, yeah, I, I think you have a good point. I think I think Cooper's back. I think Thomas is back because he knows Cooper's coming back and Spragans is coming back. We don't have any insight on this fact, guys. We always have to disclaim this. We don't know anything about Cooper and Javante Spragans. Eh, Spragans has already. Okay, you maybe you do. <laughs> Spragans. The insight on Spragans is he basically admitted he's coming back at the Knoxville Quarterback Club. He just hasn't officially said it. Um, I, I will. I mean, I'll tell you this with 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 Coop. It's nothing that he has told me. He has not said I am coming back. Uh, but he has not told me that. But that's the feel I get from both on and and um, off podcast conversations. That That is the feel I get. He has not told me. I'm not reporting anything. I'll tell you when I'm reporting stuff. But, uh, but I just have – I just I, – I feel pretty confidently that Cooper is coming back for another year. And it, it, it makes a lot of sense, especially when you start to kick around the numbers that can be actually comparable to uh, what they're making in, in as a rookie in the NFL, which I didn't think would be the case. If you'd asked me that 
six months ago, but I think it's uh, they're going to be ballpark numbers. Uh, and if you're Cooper, I mean, let's let's, let's be real for a second. I mean, I, he was projected as a late round guy. The, the worst thing that could happen is you get drafted or you don't get drafted and then you have to make a team. You don't want to go down that road. And I think with a healthy season, he could turn himself into potentially a third round pick. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Portions of the program brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the Fire Opals, a Tennessee tradition? RickTerryJewelry.com. RickTerryJewelry.com. And then this. Okay. couple things about the schedule I want to address. First of all, you and I are way off compared to our listeners and our YouTube posters. I thought Tennessee's schedule was incredibly favorable. And I think you I think you might have had a date night with the missus last night or going to dinner. So I don't know how much you looked at our YouTube comments, but I actually did quite a bit. Everybody says the, the schedule is incredibly tough. I think the... I, I really believe, Caleb, that the misinterpretation is we knew who the permanent opponents were going to be. We we didn't know where the games were going to be and when the games were going to be, right? Because th- we couldn't be more polar opposites. Your take is that the SEC and national media has an incentive to favor Tennessee, whereas our YouTube posters are saying this schedule is way too hard. Where's the middle ground? There is no middle ground. I'm just right. <laughs> and, our, and our listeners are wrong. I love our, I love our listeners. I love you guys. Y'all are just not accurate in your assessment on this. Guys, there is an incentive. Now, this was not always the case. But just like SEC bias was not always the case. But it's real now. But SEC bias is earned and deserved. They deserve the bias they get. Tennessee bias is not a thing. It hasn't happened in the past. It's happening in the future. It is happening in the future. And the reason it is happening in the future is because Tennessee is, everybody knows this, is going to be one of the most fun teams to watch in football over the next few years. And Dave, you have constantly, (laughs) you have insisted, you have impressed this upon me multiple times. And I agree. College football is a TV show. That's what it is. It's a TV show. And what is a better TV show than an offense that drops 60 points, uh, you know, before brunch on a Tuesday and a quarterback like Nico Iamaliava that can throw for 300 yards in a half. And it's going to, it's going to be fun. And that's going to favor Tennessee heavily. So yes, there was a bias to Tennessee that is coming and it is evident with the schedule, the draw, the opponents, that was just kind of a draw that they, but for, for instance, you would think if you were trying to protect all the old rivals when you could just pick eight games for every team, you would put Auburn on Tennessee's schedule next year. The SEC didn't do that. They put Arkansas and Mississippi State on Tennessee's schedule next year. Okay. Uh, D- D- Dylan said schedule isn't tough, but it's not easy either. 
Uh, Florida and Bama back-to-back stinks, regardless of how down Florida is. I think a lot – here's my here, here are my thoughts on the middle ground, Caleb. I think you and I are 110% on the Nico train. Sure – well, let's say 99%. Anybody can spit the bit in a game, right? Anybody. Okay, we anybody. But yes. I don't think it's him, based off what I've heard. And we have some inside information that – uh, you're, you're not going to hear from anywhere else. I've I've heard he's just fantastic. And that's why I push for him to play during the season. But I think the reason that you and I think the schedule is very favorable is that Tennessee is going to be considerably better next year. So I look at a trip to Oklahoma as a very winnable game, whereas some people might look at a trip to Oklahoma as an incredibly tough bencher i don't i don't think it's incredibly tough when they get b plus to a plus quarterback play i don't think it would have been tough last year if cooper may's healthy and you have b plus to a plus quarterback play yeah it's and here's where the big difference is going to be it's not even going to be on the deep passes it's going to be on two things it's going to be on the pocket awareness with nico and the other part those back shoulder throws over the middle Many of them were dropped this year. They won't be dropped next year because even though they may not be the most accurate, Nico will actually have the right touch on the ball. So the receivers will catch them. Don't give me this. If you can touch it, you can catch it. BS. Okay. You throw it hundred miles an hour behind someone's shoulder over the middle. It's almost impossible to catch. I don't care how good of a receiver you are. And yeah. Nico is going to put the, it has much better touch. This is the thing where, yeah, me and you are both very high on Nico. And if we're high on Nico, you don't think insiders with the sec and the networks, know about it too and know what they're about to see with nico you know that, that they do they not schedule things banking on stuff like this all the time dave no I, and, and and i'll say this too let's remember this uh tennessee was the cat's meow in 2022 right they were the number one team in the nation for a week the media loved them and you're gonna have espn affiliated with with Tennessee as well. And we could talk about the numbers another time, Caleb, but I, I still think the promotional tool that ESPN can be for uh, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee uh, can be huge. So if you're ESPN and you're going into this, why they want Tennessee to be good, here's the reason, because you've got a given in Alabama, Georgia, right? You've got a given in Texas. They're going to be popular. Who else is the given? Whether or not they're propping Tennessee up or Tennessee deserves the pub that they're going to get from ESPN, they're going to get a lot of publicity from ESPN. So is Oklahoma. I think they're in that second tier of uh, how big are they going to be? How good are they going to be? Oklahoma is in that second tier. After that, you get to, I think LSU is in that second tier. Those are the programs you're going to want to promote, right? Yes, they're going to promote LSU to first year next year because if Jaden Daniels comes back, they got a Heisman winner at quarterback. Agreed. So that's going to be promoting LSU next year. But you're right. Alabama and Georgia are givens. Texas, just by nature of being Texas, which, by the way, that's why I said yesterday, they coddled Texas with the schedule. The SEC has a vested interest in Texas being good. Isn't it good for the network, Dave, if Texas is good? Just like in baseball, isn't it good if the Yankees are in the playoffs? Don't you want the Celtics and the Lakers in the playoffs in the NBA? Yes. You want Texas in the you want Texas in the race for the SEC title in college football. The SEC needs Texas to be good. 
And the, and by the way, don't think the SEC is not working with ESPN, the network, to determine the schedule to favor certain teams because of what will be best for TV. And you're right. Oklahoma, I think it, I think Oklahoma might fall to third tier next year. And I think, again, the networks know that. You Again, if you and... If you and I know that Brent Venables isn't a good long-term fit, the networks know it too. And no, I, I, I think they know that they're in trouble. So now this, yeah, this, I think I think I think it comes down to what you and I think about Nico is why we look at that schedule. And I, again, I'm I'm getting this from people that are, are, are practice. So I'm not throwing stuff out there to get you hopped up. If if Nico comes out and spits the bit next year, I'll be the first to tell you I was wrong. But I'm hearing that he's not just kind of good he's really 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 good uh and these these are people that have seen Hendon hooker as well uh rocky top vfl says nico is a taller version of bryce young but better well i i think bryce young was a pretty special player so i'm not willing to go that far yet i will tell you this that he throws on the run and makes things happen in practice like Bryce Young and keeps his eyes downfield. So that stuck out to me on the message board as an interesting comparison because we try to make all these comparisons and nine times out of 10, the lazy way out is to do what, Caleb? It's to make a comparison based off race a lot of times, especially the NBA. Uh, that, that white guy reminds me of that other white guy. He's like Larry Bird. And then the other, <laughs> the, the other, the other one is size. So he's not Bryce Young's size. So nobody's made that comparison anymore, but it kind of falls in line with, with some things I've heard that are going on in practice. That's interesting. Yeah, but to to address the Bryce Young, by the way, since you said that, Nikola Jokic is the greatest white player in NBA history. I'm sorry. Sorry, Celtics fans. Nikola Jokic is better than Larry Bird. He's the greatest you white shut player your in mouth. History. We'll talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> I'm a Larry but... <laughs> Bird fan. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but the thing with Bryce Young Nico is more is going to be more in a system. Now I've heard what you've heard. I've heard that there is act they're giving Nico a little bit more of a leeway to improv and freestyle than you usually do in Hypo system, which that that that's what I've heard. I'm not as tied in as you are with with people that that are that are at practice, but that's going to be interesting to see. But with Bryce Young, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, my my knock on Nick Saban and Bill O'Brien, I thought they just turned loose on Bryce Young and were like, hey, go win us this game. And and just let him do whatever he wanted. Kind of very similar. You know, we talked to Fred. Fred felt that the coaches did that to Peyton Manning in the early part of the 97 season when they didn't have a running game yet, which is why they lost to Florida. And I have gone back and watched that game. They did really just turn Peyton loose to the Wolves, didn't they? And say, go win us this game at Florida and by yourself. Well, I think they did that with Bryce Young because the skill position players for Alabama and Alabama standards and a championship standards were down in his first year, right? Uh, yes, year. last year. Yes, they. Yeah, they. Well, I, I think it was because, and this happens sometimes. I think Bryce Young was so good, the skill position players didn't step up the game, the their game, the way they needed to because they felt they could fall back on Bryce Young. And okay, here's 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 another thing from Dylan. I, I I don't know why we got off on comparing Nico to Bryce Young, but I, I like it. Um, there's a video on YouTube of Nico's head coach who also coached Bryce saying he's going to be a top pick and he has a higher ceiling than Bryce. Um, I agree with that. Nico's being taller does help. I, I just, I, I'm still rooting for Bryce Young in the NFL. I know he's having, an, he's struggling his rookie season, but it's, I love that guy. I gotta be honest. I, with you, I do too. I and the thing I really loved about him is 
how bright he was because his first year as a starter, he was more intent on throwing it downfield than he was ever running almost to a fault. But I would rather my quarterback, I would rather Nico come out next year. If you're a Tennessee fan, I think you'd rather him keep his eyes downfield, extending plays as opposed to taking off and running. That's the way Bryce Young was. I think based off what I've been told about Nico's presence, that's the way he'll be. Now, eventually you want him to be a runner too and have that threat, but I got no problem if he airs on the side of keeping your eyes downfield, right? None, none whatsoever. And here's the, and, and guess what? What's the most fun thing to watch in football? The deep ball. What is the SEC? No, Tennessee is going to have a lot of next year. Deep balls. So what's the SEC going to do? Put Tennessee on prime time as much as possible because people are going to want to see this. It is a show. And by the way, I, but it, me and you have said it yesterday. It's disappointing if Tennessee doesn't win 10 games. But if Tennessee's 9-3 and three and has like an amazing offense, I'm just going to tell you this right now. If Tennessee's 9-3 and three and they're in that like 11-13 to 13 range for the college football playoff, they're going to get the nod. They're going to get the favorable treatment from the committee because it's a TV show. And who doesn't want to see that offense in the playoff? No, I, I agree with that completely. I got zero arguments uh, with that. Um, as far as Nico being a top pick, uh, yeah, I mean, if, at, at this point, I think things would have to go incredibly south for him not to be a, a top flight NFL prospect. And we, I, I've, I've talked to a scout that said he's incredibly uh, talented. And the, uh, there were comparisons at the time, who's better, him or Arch Manning. I think that uh, Arch Manning was considered a guy that could play in more systems while Nico was considered a perfect uh, fit for this system. Now we've seen Arch Manning not take over at Texas. So uh, like I said, there's always a chance you could spit the bit, but unlike Arch Manning, we didn't have feedback from practice that we have with Nico. So we are not, that's not, those are apples and oranges. Those are guys when they came into school. I'm not basing this. That's what I'm trying to tell people. I'm not basing this off of his projections or hype or all that stuff in recruiting. I'm basing this what he's done in practice. And Arch, I think you're, I think you're going to see him do a little something in the bowl game. Hint, hint. You, you may, you may say this is even unfair to Nico because you're not, a, you're not that high on him and you covered him a little bit more. But I'm going to say, so it's not an exact comparison, but the Arch Nico comparison is funny. Because it's kind of to me like the modern going to be the modern day Peyton Manning, Danny Warfel comparison where Peyton Manning was better, but Danny Warfel was better in college when they were peers because Danny Warfel was so such a perfect fit for the Steve Spurrier system where he threw for 600 yards and six touchdowns every game. But then again, you would say that if Peyton played in Steve Spurrier system, he would have thrown for those yards too, right? So I guess it doesn't really matter. But Yeah, but I think we all knew coming out that we, we all knew that Peyton Manning was the better prospect, right? between him and Danny Werfel. Yeah, and there's a reason Danny Werfel felt it like. Yeah, unless you didn't know yeah. football. I mean, yeah, th th that was that was pretty apparent. Um, speaking of Peyton Manning, he gets a little bit of love, sort of, or gets mentioned in what was one of the greatest travesties in sports. Uh, also, Reggie White, uh, 30 for 30. I'll give you, just coincidentally, some insight into Reggie White that I didn't know that I talked to a source about just recently. I'll be glad to share that with you. And I remind you, 
that portions of the program are brought to you by Sports Treasures, carrying over 5 million sports treasures and so much more. Follow on Facebook for the best sports memorabilia. They have daily updates that I share on Off the Hook Sports on our Facebook page. Go ahead and like that and subscribe. Uh, Something else I haven't been saying a lot, and I ask you guys to do a lot, and I'm sorry. But I got to get you to do one more thing. You got to turn the notifications on, all right? We like the like and subscribe, but the notifications, things are going to continue to uh, churn here at Off the Hook Sports. Caleb has some big-time cool stuff, feature stuff that's coming. So just do me a quick favor. Take the time. Turn the notifications on. We're not going to blow you up with too much. We're going to blow you up with our fresh content. And I would encourage you to be sure and watch the uh, entire show as we broadcast live at uh, 10 a.m. I know we repurpose uh, some videos and send that out to you. Greatly appreciate you checking those out, but you need to see the whole show. And coming up, something you probably didn't know about Reggie White, something you also didn't know about Peyton Manning, as they've both been recently featured on ESPN. So he's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Two minutes off the hook. Sports represented by Banks and Jones. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. Uh, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Conversation on the message board about whether or not Joe Milton plays. Well, I mean, he's practicing, so he's going to play. We got into that discussion last week. A few people have been behind the curve a little bit on that. 
Uh, not on the message board, uh, other people in the media. Um, but I still say he should have sat, especially given Iowa's defense. Um, I think that he's going to be recruited based off his talent, his physical ability, and not Caleb anything he does against Iowa. I think he can only hurt himself. I will stand by that. But I also think there's something to be said for finishing the drill with your teammates, and I respect Joe Milton a lot for that. I agree. I think that, look, I think Joe, Some. I think what's underrated, and Fred White talked about it, this, and you see this with players sometimes, some of them just like being part of a football team. And I think Joe has enjoyed being part of Tennessee through the ups and downs, and he wants to finish it off. I mean, we're not players. We're analysts. We think NFL draft. We think wins. We think championships, how you like measure teams on paper. But for these guys, they're just going in the back. You just want to finish it out. I mean, there's some that yeah, sometimes you know, I, I did you see. Hmm? No, go ahead. I was going to say, obviously, there's some divas. There's I distinctly remember um, Kelly Washington uh, trying to force somebody to go to the NFL receiver and then doing first down dances when he got called a catch against Florida down 30 to 13. I'm sure you remember that. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, for the most part, Joe is not whatever you think of Joe. He he's not a diva. He's nowhere close to one. I think he is. He's in it with his teammates. He's a quarterback, and this is big for quarterbacks. He loves to be one of the guys. And there's the type of quarterback that, and you see this in the NFL, Dave. Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. The reason Tom Brady has six rings, Aaron Rodgers won. Whatever you think of Tom Brady, he was one of the guys as a quarterback, right? Like he was a quarterback, but he was a teammate. Aaron Rodgers is a diva, the ultimate diva. I'm the best player on the team, and I outweigh all of you guys. Is that safe to say? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever you think of Joe Milton, he's not a diva. He doesn't find himself to be above the rest of the team because he's the quarterback. He finds himself responsible for leading the team because he's the quarterback. And I think he wants to finish it out. It's it's funny. I'm not going to specifically mention the roofer, but we had a post on there's this big billboard. If you don't live in Knoxville, there's this big billboard with Joe Milton on it. uh, And he's uh, 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 he's. He's a spokesman, I guess, for a roofing company. And we joked and said that um, that he uh, I wonder if the roofers business was hurt by him him being on that, not playing as well as a lot of people had hoped. Uh, We had we had a post on YouTube and I'm not going to name the roofer because I I can't verify. We had a post on YouTube that said, I just want to let you know that my sister co-owns the roofing company and that. uh, the roofing company is still doing great despite the 15-yard overthrows and that she says bring on Nico. So even though they are represented by the guy who could be in the Citrus Bowl for four quarters, they want some Nico action. So I'm curious as to how you feel as a whole about Joe Milton playing in this game. Portions of the program brought to you by Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. Enjoy life better when you see better local vision service for LASIK, cataract surgery, and regular eye examination, go to cctis.com, cctis.com. So do, do you pick one word? I'm only going to give you one word to choose to describe Joe Milton playing in this football game instead of saying, I'm going to skip it. I'm going to prepare myself for the combine. Go, Nico, go. Pick one word to describe 
him playing in the game. One word. I hate to do this. I hate to do this, but it's deflating. It's deflating. I mean, if you're a Tennessee fan, it's deflating. Here we go on the message board. Moronic Rocky Top Tom says disappointment. Um, yeah, I I think it's uh, poor judgment. I think it's poor judgment. Hit that like and subscribe button. Please turn the notifications on. Uh, I think it's misguided. I think that it's an emotional decision. So I picked like three words. I'm going to go emotional. But you have, you have you have to respect the emotion, though. This is a guy who wants to finish it out with the guys he's been in battle with all year, right? Isn't that type of emotion you kind of want, even if it's not the smartest thing to do? Yes, and 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 I agree with Travis too. And I don't want it to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Travis says if he wants to play, he's earned it. They are eight and four. Yes, he's earned it, but it's not. If it's my son, um. I, it's probably not the business advice I would give him. However, I would just go to him and I would say this. I would say, do you want to play? Do you want to be there for your teammates? Do you want this final run? And if he said yes, I'd be okay with that, Caleb. Yeah, I, I, that's how I think it is too. I'd be okay with it also. And look, if you look at the stats and the record, Joe Milton has probably had one of the five best seasons a quarterback has had in Tennessee football since 2000. Okay, so, or since 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 uh, 2000 because we'll we'll throw the KC 2003 season out. But Joe Milton has actually had a, on paper, pretty good season statistically. I mean, since Philip Fulmer's been fired, you haven't seen many eight and four seasons at Tennessee, guys. I think you've seen four. This is the fourth one. This is the one of the four best seasons since Fulmer was fired. That says something. Yeah, and so have we been too hard on Joe Milton? I think no, because... Look, it's still one of the four best seasons, and maybe Tennessee fans lost some perspective, but we got to remember what Hendon Hooker did for two years and what we all think Nico's going to do. And we also have to remember, compare Joe Milton to other quarterbacks in Josh Heupel's offense. This is the worst quarterback play Josh Heupel's ever had as a head coach, as a head coach or offensive coordinator since, 20, since he became Missouri's offensive coordinator in 2017 and introduced this new offense. Now, this me- is the worst. Mead Drinker says, and I've heard this before, the, the bowl game is in Florida. That's why he's playing. Surely, to goodness gracious, that's not why he made his decision, right? I mean, if that if the game's in Charlotte, he's not skipping it, right? That, that would be. Uh, if the, You're saying if the game's in Charlotte, he's not skipping the bowl? Right. No, no, with the. They're saying, you know, he takes pride in playing in Florida. And I've had some people say to me, well, the game's in Florida, so he's going to play because he's from there. Surely to goodness, that's not the deciding factor. That can't be a deciding factor. That can't be a deciding factor. Um, If he's playing, I mean, that that would be, no, I, I don't think that's why he's doing this. Okay, so make think. the make the argument because he's he's practicing. I fully expect him to play. Make the argument that he should play. I'm going to ask you to do that, and I'll first make the argument that you shouldn't play. And I, I mean, the argument he shouldn't play is he's going to be a workout warrior, and he can only look bad against Iowa's defense. 
And there's a good chance that Tennessee could show up flat because this isn't where they wanted to be. I, I have a weird feeling this could be a flat showing in a bowl by Tennessee. Uh, I hope for you Tennessee fans that out there that I'm wrong, but I just have a weird feeling. I think you could hurt yourself. I don't think you can help yourself. That's my argument that he shouldn't play. But I believe he is going to play and he's practicing. You know, it's it's I, I, okay. You're, I'm going to make the argument from the other side, but I'm going to start by saying I'm just playing devil's advocate. I agree with you, Dave. Everything you said, I actually agree with. But from the other side, if you're Joe Milton, all right, think about it this way. Iowa, quote unquote, has an elite defense, but it's slow. It's about their physical in the trenches. I think Joe sees their secondary and lights up a little bit and says, you know what? I could torch that secondary and I could rack up a lot of yards in that way. I think there's the, again, I've just been in this with my guys. I stuck it out after losing my job. I want to finish off right. I, whatever happened, I want to finish off right. And I think this is a great chance to do that. And I, I, you know, I think that Josh Dobbs played the Music City Bowl against Nebraska in 2016 after Tennessee had a disappointing eight and four season. But that Music City Bowl was a fun game for him. And you could tell he was just happy to be there with his guys. And top, Tom, I'm sorry, go ahead. I am then that was remembered finally how Josh Dobbs played against Nebraska that day. Rocky Top Tom said, We'll have the distinct pleasure of watching Joe Milton lose twice in one season after having run his yap in the off, se- off season and saying he doesn't lose there. Now, wait a second, that seems pretty harsh for a guy who's done, I think, the best he can. And throughout the off season, I had heard nothing but great things about him. Did he perform as well as he could have? No. So my question to you is, Caleb, are Tennessee fans going to have they underappreciated Joe Milton? And regardless of what happens in the Sisters Bowl, how will he be remembered? I think he'll be remembered fondly. Like he's not going to be remembered like Hendon Hooker or Nico Iamaliava, but I think people will respect him. Uh, the guy I brought up, the comparison I brought up was Jimmy Streeter in the late 70s. Um, didn't win a lot, but you know, played at Tennessee for three years, and I think people liked him and respected him. And I think Joe Milton. We'll get that. Joe Milton's not going to come back to Tennessee and get booed for like, for instance, Tyler Bray, he goes back to Neyland stadium. He might get a few boos. I I think people genuinely don't like Tyler Bray because I think they felt he wasted his talent. You know, he, he put more effort into throwing beer bottles and trash cans than he did winning games. And I don't think people, and I think people like Joe Milton, the person, and he wasn't, he wasn't like Jared Garantano level bad. Although again, Garantano, Many people feel sympathy for him because they feel he was just railroaded by terrible coaching all the way around the whole time he was at Tennessee. And so I think Joe Milton is going to be respected, remembered fondly, but it's not going to be like, look, Hendon Hooker may have, Hendon Hooker may have a street named after him one day, not a street name. There's going to be something for Hendon Hooker and Nigo Imaliaba may have a statue built for him by the time he's finished at Tennessee. So, okay. Well, let me, let me ask you this. How will Josh Heupel's decision not to play Nico be remembered because you and I both think uh, Nico's going to play really well. Will he be second guest next year because Nico plays so well and Joe didn't in 2023? No, is Dabo Swinney second guest? Be- is Dabo Swinney second guest because he didn't play Deshaun Watson in 2014? Does anybody go look at Dabo Swinney's resume and say, you know, he didn't he messed up not playing Deshaun Watson in 2014? Do you really think that's on Dabo? The first paragraph of Dabo Swinney's like, uh, description in wikipedia 
Like, does that stand out to you about Dabo? No, but he did make the switch. What switch did he make during the season? It's escaping me he all of a sudden. No, he didn't make the switch. Cole Stout got hurt, so he did play Deshaun Watson a couple of games. But he he let Cole Stout finish the bowl game where they beat the breaks off Oklahoma, which ironically got Josh Heupel fired. But um, he Cole Stout was the quarterback when he was healthy that whole season. Dabo Swinney did not deviate from Cole Stout when Cole Stout was healthy. And I don't think anybody second guesses Dabo Swinney because of that. Hmm. So it's, does any, you know, now. And you're also, remember this too, you're following in what is essentially a modern day vault legend and Hendon Hooker because of the success they had, right? Yeah, that you are. And my question for my, the, the, the second guess I give Josh Heupel, it's not starting Joe Milton this year. It is, it is effectively making Joe Milton the starter before you even opened fall camp in 2021 over Hendon Hooker. When I wrote at the time, I was right. And Dave, you have reported it in in practice. Um, tell me the honest truth. From what you've heard, was Joe Milton better than Hendon Hooker in practice? I don't think he was. Um, I, I I didn't ask that question at the time, to be real honest with you. Um, so I can just tell you what I know from this year and last year. Um, <clears throat> I tell you what, if... If I were Josh Heupel, I'd like to be remembered like this. Saban benched Jalen Hurts for Tua Tungavaola in the national championship game. Hype wouldn't even bench Joe for Nico down 40 against Georgia. Well, why would you bench? Why would you burn Nico's red shirt when he's down 40 and you could risk getting him hurt? Like, that's just, I, I don't think that. I'd put Gaston Moore in first. Well, I, I, I will tell you this. There was a point in the season where I would have burned his red shirt. And I, I would have liked my chances against a couple of different opponents more than with Joe starting, based off what I've heard about practice. Look, I think you guys are being unfair to Hypel with this year. I think Hypel, I think Joe was the leader. And also, I don't think Joe lost a job in practice. And I do know this. Nico, as the year was happening, was needing to put on weight as the year was going on. So I was told in early, uh, well, late October, he had put on 20 pounds. Yeah, he has. Um, But let's also, I'm going to be fair to Joe on this. Can we just bring this up with Joe? Because we're leaving this one thing out. Joe, yes, is not as good as Hendon Hooker or as good as Nico Iamaliava will be. Joe also was working with a good bit less this year than Hooker was last year or Iamaliava will be working with next year because Joe had to deal with his center hurt and Tennessee didn't have a backup center the first five games of the year. And that was bad. And then his go-to receiver who dictates coverage broke his leg and missed the whole year. And then Tennessee on defense lost the one player they couldn't lose for the year in Keenan Peely. And I, and then other receivers, Dante Thornton suffered a season ending injury. Ramel Keaton was hurt throughout the year. Can we at least give Joe the fact that he was, yes, he could have done more, but he was also dealing with more limited weapons than Hendon Hooker was the year before. Yeah, but man, I'd, I'd rather be the dude that pulled the trigger in a national championship game to be the dude that was afraid to pull the trigger during the regular season and make a change because does it change Tennessee's record if they have far better quarterback play under that assumption 
does it? Let me ask you that. Brought to you by Don Self. Customer service still matters. State Farm agent Don Self and his team take customer service seriously for well over 40 years. They built their business and reputation on taking care of their customers. 423-396-2126 or donself.net. Donself.net. When you make a claim, you're going to think, hey, Don Self's taking care of me. All that price shopping is definitely not the way to go. Donself.net. And it's right below. Tennessee's record any different if Nico steps in and they get A-plus quarterback play after the Florida game? No, they lose all three of those games. They lose all three of those games. And you can, you can, you're not going to sell me on Alabama. You're not going to change my mind with Alabama. And they definitely lose to Missouri because they lost to Missouri because Josh Heupel did not make any halftime adjustments after Eli Drinkwitz threw a defense that he hadn't seen. You acknowledge that by the yes. way, before I did. Um, so and no. Josh Heupel deserves a little bit of blame. And I know you don't think so, but uh, having the lead and, and going for it on fourth down in your own territory, he's told people privately that that was a mistake. He shouldn't have done that. But I don't think you do that unless you're desperate at the quarterback position. I think they beat Alabama with Nico. They don't, they don't beat Alabama with Nico. I am telling you guys, y'all are – it's me underrating. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just say you guys, it's me. I was the one. No, a lot of people, a lot of people are upset about that Alabama game. There was questionable officiating some mistakes early in the first half. I watched that game. Alabama toyed with Tennessee the way Georgia has been toyed with opponents all year where they were just screwing around for the first half and then decided, Hey guys, maybe we should turn it up a notch because we're losing this game. And then you saw Tennessee wasn't even in their stratosphere. Okay. So I'm sorry. Tennessee couldn't run the ball that day. That's why they lost to Alabama. No, I think the record's exactly the same. They're eight and four. They're eight and four. All you could maybe say is you get more development for Nico. They lost to Florida because Cooper Mays was hurt. Okay. Agreed. So that that's why they lost to Florida. Again, I'm not saying Joe was great. Nico's way better. Hendon Hooker's way better. If Joe were not in Josh Heupel's system, he probably would have been even more of a disaster. And also, he's not even a fit for Heupel's system, to be, to be fair. But Heupel can, can mask quarterback deficiencies better than anybody. But let's not act like there weren't other intrinsic problems with Tennessee this year. Okay, let me ask you this, though. Is the Georgia game a game? Is it a game in the fourth quarter if Nico, if, the, if, if he's playing? I say absolutely yes. No, it's not a game. They, there was a touchdown run by that, you know. You know what that jo Georgia game was? I cannot tell you how many times I have seen a team score a touchdown on the first play of the game, and fans think that that means something when it was just a fluke play, and then they don't do anything the rest of the game. And okay, okay, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a three person. Uh, ball report brought to you by our, our friends at City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com, because I want you to tell uh, Cooper Mays, who has, has told us at Off the Hook Sports that that was one of his better games, and he, he was really proud of that block. You're going to tell him that was a fluke play, and I'm going to make sure we're all not in the same room so he doesn't beat the bejesus out of you. <laughs> one good – a fluke play can still be a good play. That's ridiculous, Okay. Juwan Jennings catching the touchdown pass against Georgia was a good play by Jennings. He went up and caught it. It was still a fluke play. That Hail Mary was still a fluke play from Josh Dobbs to Juwan Jennings. Okay. 
So you can a fluke play can still involve a good play. That was a great block on Cooper Mays by Cooper Mays. By the way, I tweeted that when it happened. The Cooper Mays was the reason for that touchdown. But the reason Jalen Wright was able to get 75 yards out of that and not 10 was because Georgia's defensive backs all took the worst angles I've ever seen. And I mean, this is guys, I'm sorry. They're not making a game with Georgia. I think next year, 10, I, I've been all in on next year. I've been all in on 2024 for Tennessee because of Nico. And he's going to New York next year. Book it. He will be in New York next year. Okay. But this was always a transition year. And I think people got a little wide-eyed expecting 2022 to be the norm. And they forgot how limited Tennessee was with depth. And we said it at the beginning of the year, Dave, if Tennessee's as healthy as they were in 2022, they could maybe repeat what they did. Well, guess what? They weren't as healthy as they were in 2022. They dropped like flies. Apex Apparel Group Design Brand Market Your Way. Unique products to promote your business. Uh, call Tyler and tell them Off the Hook Sports sent you for your business. Again, 865-919-3001. 865-919-3001. It's right down below, apexapparelgroup.com. Click on that, apexapparelgroup.com, uh, and he will uh, certainly take care of you. Apex Apparel Group Design Brand Market Your Way. So- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So the 30 for 30 on the Heisman race of 1997 came out. Uh, here's how I feel about the Heisman and tell me I'm wrong. I believe it's still an incredible award. I believe it is one of the best uh, awards that you can win. I do believe there are politics involved. I think it does go to the quarterback a lot, but the quarterback has more impact on the game than anybody else by far. It's unlike any other sport. Um, And I think the Heisman still means a lot. But when I say the H word uh, around Tennessee fans, they're like, no, it means nothing. So I'm curious with our guys on the message board. I'm curious for you, Caleb, does the 1997 Heisman race in which I'm not even going to debate this. Charles Woodson should not have won it. Peyton Manning should have won it. Uh, it was manufactured by ESPN. I know from people at ESPN at the time to make it a race between a Big Ten player. Uh, Ron Dane was a part of it at the time. And Woodson stuck. Stuck more than even ESPN wanted it to. And that's why he won the Heisman. People kind of went off and ran on that. Charles Woodson is a phenomenal player. That's not in the discussion. But do you still begrudge the Heisman voters, of which I am one, do you still begrudge them for that year and that award? Is it tainted, the Heisman Trophy, still? Because they're doing a 30 for 30 on it now, and I don't think it should be. And I think that to say Nico has no chance of winning a Heisman, which people have said because they hate Tennessee, and this goes all the way back to Johnny Majors, is silly. I think it's still an incredible award, and it would be disappointing if, in my lifetime, uh, for all the work that Tennessee's put in a, in it, and the fact that Majors and Manning, I thought both got gypped out of a Heisman. Um, I, I believe that it would be a shame if there wasn't a Heisman Trophy in Tennessee's trophy case at some point. You, I think so too. 
I think that, look, 1997 was a, and I want to say this, this, you're right. This has nothing to do with Charles Woodson, but it taints the fact that that was the greatest Heisman race of all time, because you had Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Randy Moss, by the way, hot take. I don't care what anybody says. You give me Randy Moss's first seven years in Arizona. I will take them over any receiver in the history of college in the history of the NFL. Dave, I would take him over Jerry Rice tomorrow his first seven years in Arizona or in Minnesota, excuse me. And I take him over your boy, Michael Irvin and Megatron best receiver of all time for those seven years. So you had Randy Moss, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, all hall of famers. And I think Chad Pennington was fourth, wasn't he? And then Ryan leaf, even a hall because of, of Randy Draft Moss, Plus. because yeah, of Randy, Ra- Randy Moss basically got an and one. That is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, hey, do you want to bring your quarterback? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do that. Yeah. And then, and then, um, so and I Chad wonder, Pennington's a friend of mine, by the way. So no anybody. And then Ryan, and then also the greatest bust of all time in Ryan Leaf. Although I think Jamarcus Russell is a bigger bust because Fred has enlightened me. And I've heard more stories that Ryan Leaf was dealing with a lot of issues and in the worst organization you could possibly deal with for his personality and his issues. Um, I think that. I think the thing that was so upsetting to a lot of Tennessee fans and they rightly feel upset about it is that the standard changed that one year for the Heisman that they had never applied beforehand. Okay. They said literally, and Eddie George had the nerve. You know, I, I, you may have been in the room, Dave, because I was covering Tennessee at the time. Do you remember when Eddie George like spoke to the media, like during a Tennessee week during like 2006 or whatever, he was in Tennessee and he kind of spoke to everybody uh during Fulmer's media session. It was like a Tuesday media session with Fulmer. And uh I, I would have been so focused. I don't I that probably would have got kicked to somebody else and I would have written about well football. Eddie George was Eddie George was asked about the Heisman vote and because you know he had one because he won it and he admitted he voted for Woodson and he said at the time he had the nerve to say this publicly that Peyton Manning didn't beat Florida so I couldn't vote for him to win the Heisman. Now Eddie George won the Heisman when he lost to Michigan. Danny Warfel won the Heisman right after he lost to Florida State. Now, yes, Danny Warfel came back and beat Florida State, but the Heisman vote was before that. Okay, so how are you going to hold that against Peyton Manning? But you didn't hold it against Eddie George. You didn't hold it against Danny Warfel. They, they, for this one year, they said it's not the best player. It's the best player on the best team. That's the only year they had that standard because the next year they gave it to Ricky Williams and Texas was like nine and three, I think, that year. So, and 40 years before, they gave it to Paul Hornung when Notre Dame was two and eight. And that's the one you're talking about with Johnny Majors. Now, I don't think Johnny Majors was one who got screwed out of it. It was Jim Brown who got screwed out of it. Jim Brown should have won the Heisman. I know Majors finished second, but if you look at the numbers, Jim Brown was the best player in college football that year. And Well, but with all that history, I mean, should Tennessee fans resent the trophy? Yes. But how would they react if Nico were to win it? Oh, I think they would be thrilled if Nico were to win it. Um, but it would be really funny if it would be hilarious just to sh- what if this happened, Dave? What if Nico won it but pulled an Eminem at the Grammys if, like years ago and just didn't show up? Oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> I mean, or that like, would be great. Or but like I if would Kanye say- goes up there to Taylor Swift and says somebody else should have won it. And what is it, Kanye that did that? Beyonce had one of the best videos of oh, all Beyonce. time. Oh, Beyonce. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's... Um, so Kanye did it for Beyonce because Taylor Swift won. Do I have that right? Right, exactly. Kanye did it on behalf of Beyonce because Taylor Swift won. And this... But yeah, that would be hilarious. But I, I just want to say that 
Yes, the high, but this is, there was, I'm going to, there was an anti-SEC bias back during that time at ESPN because they, let's call it what it is, Dave. ESPN didn't have a deal with the SEC and how much, you know this, you worked at ESPN until 2008. They did have it out for the SEC because the SEC had that deal with CBS and every other, every other conference had a deal with ESPN and the network hated the SEC for it. And for people who think, who rant about this SEC bias stuff, there is one team, there is one team since the start of the BCS era to the playoff era that has finished the regular season undefeated, the whole season undefeated from a BCS or power five conference and not gotten a shot at the national title. That team just happens to be from the sec and it was Auburn in 04 and they should have gotten a chance to play USC that year. Yeah. And the other 30 for 30 that's floating around <clears throat> out there is about Reggie white. And I think there is a correlation between the two in that, it's it's a it's a little bit uh, disappointing to me how they're remembered, and, and I think Peyton for some is remembered as a guy that couldn't beat Florida, and in the Heisman talk, which he had no control over, he didn't win. And then with Reggie White, he kind of fell out of favor with some Tennessee fans um, at, towards the end of of his his life, and and rest in peace. Um, and I, I don't know why exactly that is. Uh, I, I, you know, I thought he did a lot to support. At the time, there were African-American churches that were being burned. And I thought Reggie White stepped up to that. And I think when you do that, you, you probably can say some things that turn people off when you didn't intend to. But I, I always respected the fact that Reggie White was willing to, to speak his mind. I respected the fact that he was an open-minded individual that wanted to know so much about religion that he he studied judaism for like hours at a time i was told and he would just sit there and read for hours at a time but the 30 for 30 on him as well um yeah i i he he's he's one of the greats and you know it is interesting to me i was talking to my son about reggie white and you could argue the two greatest linemen of all time came from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, John Hanna, who played at Alabama, and Reggie White, who played at Tennessee, both are from the Chattanooga area. There's a little bit of knowledge I bet you weren't aware that's of. Very, that's very intriguing. You could also argue the two best defensive lines in NFL history played at Tennessee because John uh, Reggie White and Doug Atkins both played at Tennessee. Um. Oh, I see. What I, you're I thought you said the best defense. They didn't play together. I got you. Yeah. 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 I have. I'm going to be honest. And I, I there was Doug Atkins, by the way, for I'm sorry to interrupt. Doug Atkins, for the by the way, like I see some pictures and you guys look a little bit younger. Uh, he was Victor Wampanyama. I mean, that that Doug Atkins was that guy. He was so you need to far. give up on Victor Wampanyama. Do you see how bad the Spurs are this year? You need to give know, up on him. He's going to be really good. He's going to be no. really, really good. But anyway, he can get their team to the playoffs in the NBA. Okay. Well, I, I could say a Mike Vick. I, there are other transcendental. Randy Moss to me was a transcendental type of receiver. You know, they, he was that guy who was, they, they didn't they outlaw jumping over offensive linemen because of him. He was like <laughs> 250 pounds, which at the time was huge. And he's jumping over people, but, but Six, back nine. to Reggie white. Um, yeah, one of the true all-time greats, and I haven't seen the 30 for 30 on him yet. I was talking to somebody about Reggie White just recently in the Chattanooga area who said that Tennessee wasn't even crazy about him, that they actually liked his 
his teammate better than him. And that's how Reggie got on the radar. There were so many steps along the way. And Reggie didn't have a great junior year at Tennessee, but had a great senior year for so many steps along the way that uh, perhaps could have sidelined his career. He was one of the first free agents as well when he went to the Green Bay Packers. That could have been a disaster. The Packers were terrible growing up. I think people remember them now as winning a couple of Super Bowls, but the Packers are like the, the the uncle that really wasn't worth anything. You love them because they're the Packers and they're owned by their fans, but they didn't do anything on the field. No, they didn't. Um, this 30 for 30, it touched on Reggie White's, you know, delve into religion. I'm mixed on it because Reggie White never really had a chance to show how his views being changed, even though they were changing as he was getting older in life. Like this is what's so unfortunate when someone dies at 43, isn't it, Dave? They, a lot of times they may, they may not have a chance to show that they may have changed because I, I'm going to be honest. Reggie White's homophobic comments that I saw from him really, really rubbed me the wrong way. And the things he said that were just extremely homophobic. I was, I was actually not aware of those. We, we, we don't have to dive into them, but I know that Reggie would speak his mind. Sometimes probably they and wasn't the best option. And he said it when I just want people to know that Tennessee had the first openly gay player in SEC football history or college football history in Jackie Walker, who is a two-time All-American and and died of AIDS in, I believe, 2001 was when he died of AIDS. And it was around that time Reggie White was saying that stuff. And did bother me. But he did reportedly start to moderate his views much more. And before he came public with that, died so it's unfair for me to judge him for comments he made you know when he was just learning something or just getting involved in religion in a certain way and not judge the whole person or not look at who this person would have become overall so i think that stands out and i do know this whatever he may have said i think his heart was in the right place that's what i kind of gathered reading more about it and honestly here's the thing reggie white um, and so it's unfair for me to hold this against Reggie White when he's definitely he was he never was able to explain himself or to show if he had changed or anything like that. I will say he's he was one of the things that stands out to me about Reggie White is for a defensive tackle to be so rough. You know, you you talk about it all the time, Dave. Defensive tackles have to be mean spirited. For Reggie White, it was like the opposite. It was like he was at peace on the defensive line. Wasn't he? It was like he had a headspace. You see this with the fighters in UFC a lot of times where they say they feel peaceful when they're in the ring or when they're in the octagon fighting. Didn't Reggie White get a, give off a vibe of being he felt peaceful and at peace knocking players down in front of him, didn't he? No, I think he was perfectly fine with that. Our five favorite minutes. Uh, if you want to determine where we go from here, if you have any questions and it uh, jumps us off on the topic, then I'll hook you up with a off the hook a sports t-shirt so uh go ahead and get on board by the way reggie white uh played defensive tackle quite a bit when he was in college uh had on the message board but um tennessee this if you, your thoughts on the message board you get us going we hook you up with uh off the hook sports shirt we end every show with our five paper minutes um tennessee doesn't pick up a commitment this weekend is it a disappointment caleb From the transfer portal or the recruiting class or both? I mean, I'm including both. Um, yeah, because not national early signing days on Wednesday. 
they need to pick up somebody. I don't know who that is though. I, I've been following, you know, following it at this point. I, I look, I, I do think on paper, Jordan Seaton was a big loss for them. That was a big, huh. big blow to their class. I agree. Hunter says, yes, it is a, a, a disappointment. I agree that it's a disappointment as well. I will go so far as to say if Tennessee doesn't have two commitments in the house by Tuesday, that it's a disappointment. I think they need two guys. And I think one of those guys has to be a tight end. So that's where I'm setting the bar. I'm setting the bar at two commitments. One has to be a tight end. And I'm not talking about the the, the high school kid. I'm talking about the, 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 the transfer out of Notre Dame. Um, or one of the others that can come in and play right away. Now, Hunter also says, I don't understand how UK and Ole Miss are kicking butt in the portal, <clears throat> and we are doing nothing so far. Well, I can answer that because Tennessee is having to take care of some players who are proven in the college game, and that's why Tyler Barron is out shopping himself. They're having to pay some players to stay, and I think those are the players that deserve the money. I think it all depends on your roster and the churn, but in this particular instance, Kentucky is more focused on paying guys in the portal. Ole Miss is always going to be like that, and Lane Kiffin's going to cut a guy in a heartbeat if he needs to. And so I believe there's going to be more malleability there. Is that a word? Um, but malleability. right now, I think Tennessee is trying to maintain who they have. And uh, Tennessee has spent an awful lot of money on their quarterback, to be honest with you. There's not an endless supply of cash. No, there's not. Look, I told you guys this, and I said this uh, I said this in, in January. You could very well tell that Josh Heifel was putting all his chips in the 2024 basket. That's what he was really doing. 2022 was the teaser. 2024 was what he was all in on. And he is very, very committed to that season. And we're going to see how that turns out. And for those who question that, Dabo put all his eggs in, because I keep bringing this up, Cole Stout, Deshaun Watson, Dabo put all his eggs in 2015. Clemson went to the national title game that year. They lost. What did they do, Dave? They start, They were able to get Trevor Lawrence, Amari Rogers, and T. Higgins after that, though, because of that run. Josh Heibel's putting everything in the 2024 season, not the recruiting class. And so for Tennessee right now, the most important thing is maintaining players because guess what? If all these guys come back, they will probably have more fifth and sixth year seniors than anybody else in college football next year. And they will have a rare talent in Nico Iamaliava quarterback to, to orchestrate that. So I, I think Josh Heupel is all in on 2024. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports represented by Banks and Jones. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll have coverage on offthehooksports.com uh, for you in terms of Tennessee. And they will pick up at least one commitment this weekend. And I'm going to say two and one's a tight end by Tuesday. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker, Off the Hook Sports. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.